I'm Mitchell Kaminsky. I'm Patrick Cushman. And you're listening to Penske Material. You are aware that uh, Penske is interested in me. It's showtime! Boogity, boogity, boogity! Ooh, let's go racing today, boys! Yeah! Nice advantage, Mark. I swear to God, we look like a million bunch of f***ing every week. Kyle Busch is an ass. You're not Penske Material. Hello, race fans, and welcome to the first episode of Penske Material, a NASCAR podcast covering uh, all things NASCAR related. And um, we'll start, Patrick, who's your driver? Uh, why do you root for him? And uh, a little bit about yourself. Yep. Uh, as Mitchell said, my name is Patrick Cushman. Um, I am a Brad Keselowski fan, as you can see. Um, behind me if you're watching via video if not i have a ton of brad keselowski stuff um and a joseph newgarden thing behind me um i'm the penske fan of penske material um of course the penske material derives from a seinfeld episode um of which you may not understand but if you understand kind of, the reference then you'll love this podcast yes like, if you understand the yeah um and so i'm a Big IndyCar fan, so we'll delve into some of that, too, um, in shorter segments. Um, we'll even talk maybe some F1 if a big story arises, but we're mostly a NASCAR fan. Um, and now I'm a number six fan. I have a bunch of number two stuff, though, from his years. Um, my dad's friend actually worked for um, Miller Lite when they were still the Blue Deuce. Um, Brad's a Midwestern guy. Got a lot of, you know, Midwestern kind of um way about him that i just really like he's not you know a good old southern boy like chase elliott um he's you know michigan born and bred kind of guy which i like um yeah so that's about it i'm a student at southern illinois university um so we're pretty big race fans down here let's get this out of the way first i know chase elliott most popular driver and i respect his talent I'm not going to say he's that talented. He's won a championship for a reason. You know, mine was the COVID year, but uh, Dawsonville Pool House sucks. I think the yeah. Elliott fans are the Chicago Cubs fans of NASCAR. Uh, a bunch of, let's be honest, they're kind of losers. Every stereotype you have on NASCAR fan, we tend to see Chase Elliott fans. So, and you think, you know, they you hear about the historic Dawsonville Pool House, thought it would be like some cool bar or something. It wasn't. It was just like a couple of old guys eating hot dogs on a table and then. They ring that stupid siren. They can't even pronounce siren right. So I got nothing against Chase per se. I just uh, can't stand his fans. I'm a, we're, we're an anti-Chase Elliott podcast. I, I don't understand why he's so popular either. I know his dad was popular, um, which kind of seems like to trickle down. Like Dale was popular. Dale Jr. is popular. Bill is popular. Not Chase is popular. Um, but Chase probably has the personality of this poll. So I don't understand it. But I'm excited to start this podcast with you. Um, I know I've been a guest on some of your other projects before. Um, I've done even some NASCAR commentary on a smaller side. So I'm glad we're able to expand it and to make it a full-time project. And I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And uh, I am a one of Daniel's amigos. I am root for the 99 car of Trackhouse Daniel Suarez. Um, I also like Brad, you know, the first race I went to is at road America. You know, we both had the, we were wearing the deuce shirts, but, uh, I kind of like Suarez, you know, it's 4th of July and, you know, they're doing the driver intros or whatever. 
And I thought it'd be funny just because I'm a contrarian. Yeah, I root for the guy for uh, from Mexico to win on America's birthday. And when he was going around, I was cheering for him and some guy threw a beer at me. And I thought that was kind of funny. So I've been rooting for Daniel Suarez ever since. And he's having a pretty good year, too. Uh, Trackhouse has got some speed, really good feel, good story. He's a nice guy, too. I mean, what's not to like? Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at as well. But uh, also like a little bit of IndyCar. Scott McLaughlin's my guy. I know you're a New Garden guy. So, yeah, we got two Penske cars there. Uh, and yeah, that makes up Penske material. To the listeners at home, we apologize. Patrick Zoom, it looks like he's in a hostage video. He's alive and well. He, he, he's fine. I'm just in Southern Illinois. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Uh, let's get right into it. We had a great race at Watkins Glen, and you know, we, there's been a lot of road races this year. We've been to two of them. We went to the one in Road America and the one in the Indy Road Course. I think this one was by far the best of the bunch that we've seen. And I think this is what NASCAR wanted when they put all these road courses on the schedule was races like this. Uh, we'll go straight to the end. Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott, teammates, they get into it. Larson or uh, Elliott chooses the outside lane. Larson kind of runs him up the track, takes the lead and does not relinquish it. And uh, there was a lot of complaining from Chase Elliott. He was whining afterwards. Um, Pat, I'll let you get into it first. Uh, Fair or foul? Chase Elliott, uh, does he have a gripe? I mean, yeah, of course, um, contact being made. Larson did have the advantage going into the corner, which um, if we're using F1 or um, road course rules, if you get into the corner first, it's your line. Um, But Chase Elliott does have a reason to be upset. That being said, I would have totally understood. I totally understand what Kyle Larson was doing. This is racing. This is NASCAR racing. Um, if you don't like the rubbing and the bumping, watch something else. This isn't that kind of motorsport. Um, so I thought, you know, that's completely fine. He didn't wreck them. Um, they barely even made contact. They were just racing hard at the end for a win. So in my move, completely clean. Understand why Chase is upset, though. See, I don't think he really has a gripe. First off, I mean, he just won the right. He locked up the regular season championship. He's far ahead in the points by a lot. And I get you want to win. Like NASCAR races, they're hard to come by. But he opened up himself. He opened it up by choosing the outside lane. I mean, you're going to you put yourself in that position. Larson, you know, he's trying to win a race. I thought it was just good, clean racing. Uh, you know, I mean, is was it hard racing against a teammate? Yeah, but I think a lot of these teams, uh, I was listening to Parker Kligerman earlier this week talking about it, that a lot of these teams like Penske and Hendrick, the rule is you can race your teammates as hard as you want, just don't wreck them. And he didn't wreck them. So, um, you know, I think if he wants to complain about that, he shouldn't have taken the outside lane. Uh, and so I don't know why I also like Larson. I mean, he had a lot of apologizing. I, I think if you, he, he was more to blame in the Fontana incident, like that one, Chase Elliott had a legitimate beat where he took him through wide and didn't see him there. But like that one, and, you know, the Chase Elliott was by far and away the fastest car in the field. So the only way that Larson was going to get that win is by running him high there off the restart. And that's what he did. So, I, I mean, I didn't see any problem with it. And, um, I, I thought, you know, came across a little soft and they, they, Reading lips too. He was talking to Rick Hendrick and Jeff Gordon. He was saying, I- "I'm done. I'm done." So, do you think that team meeting that happened? You know, they probably had a competition meeting earlier today. We're recording this on a uh, Wednesday night or Tuesday, I would assume. Um, do, do you think you know? Do you think this is going to affect them moving forward, or is this whole beef overblown? No, I, I think it's going to blow over. Um, it's good to have these sorts of competitions within a team as long as they don't boil over. That means you're winning. I think a lot of teams would like to have that problem. Um, but, you know, the, the emotions are running high on 
that Sunday. Um, but I think they've cooled down. Chase seems to be a pretty um, pretty laid-back kind of guy. So I think, you know, you talk about it, um, you have a day to process it, and you move on. And I think it's not going to boil over because they have two very laid-back personalities. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's why it was so surprising to see him, like, fuming after the race. I mean, the answers he was given was very short. And it's like, oh, congratulations to Kyle. You know, the boss deserves all the wins. Very like, you know, the p- political took the political route. There was a video of him like watching uh, the post race right before his like media availability. And you could see like the smoke coming out of his ears. So it was kind of surprising to see him that upset. Um, uh, moving forward, though, I mean, we've seen Elliot run really well on the road course. He obviously locked up the regular season championship. Uh, Larson kind of, that was a big win for him. He swept the weekend, also won the Xfinity race too. Uh, between the two, who would you have as your favorite moving forward into the playoffs? I think Chase, um, Chase Elliott has been, you know, yeah, wrapped up the regular season championship. Um, obviously has been the best driver has won at all kinds of tracks, um, except for a road course, um, which is pretty surprising, but he's shown that he is very capable at road courses. He's one of the best road course racers on the grid um has won at um different kinds of tracks um stole a win from denny hamlin um a few weeks back and he went on a very good streak over the summer will he be able to transfer it in i think so i think you know him and his team have had speed week after week even when he's not in contention for a win when they just seem to not have that winning car they're still racking up top tens and top fives um, and that's the sort of consistency that wins you championships. Speaking of which, I, I know Kevin Harvick won the two races in a row. People had him as a dark horse contender. All of a sudden, he became like the flavor of the month. Everyone wanted to put him in the uh, as a t- title contender. Do you see Kevin Harvick being able to compete with them, or do you think Hendricks is too much speed? Um, no, I, I just they haven't had enough speed um, all year, um, and these. These playoff battles, especially as you get into the round of 12, round of eight, you need to be notching top fives and competing for wins. And that team really hasn't, um, the exception of the two-race win streak that they had. Um, it's Kevin Harvick, though. He can win. He's very talented. He could win at every stage. But I just don't see him as a championship contender. Going back to the race this weekend itself, uh, I thought it was really cool. The op- that, that opening stage was one of the best first stages, just pure racing that I think I've seen all year. I thought it was really entertaining, the strategy, whether to stay, go to the slicks or not. And we saw Chase Briscoe paid off for him. Michael McDowell shot off to an early lead. But the, the, all, all the racing in general I thought was really cool. I really liked the strategy element. Uh, I thought a NASCAR did a really good job of kind of holding him and delaying the race an hour because, like, they can race in the rain. That doesn't mean you should. And I think the amount of time they waited uh, for the track to dry – really made it intriguing. Um, also, shout out A.J. Allmendinger, uh, coming finishing second. I think you could argue best road course racer uh, in NASCAR in general, e- either series. But, um, yeah, I guess your impressions from Watkins Glen, do you think I best stage of the year, yes or no, you think? Uh, it's tough. You know, I don't have every stage yeah, memorized um, as much as you may do, Mitchell, but um, it was a it was a good one, um, and I'm not a big road course fan. I think they have probably one or two too many, um, but Watkins Glen needs to stay. Um, it's 
having a road course sometimes in the schedule is like a refresher. It's like, oh, it's something new. You know, it's not um, it's like a wild card. And I like how road courses fit in the schedule that way. And Watkins Glen is perfect for that. And it was a very good race, competitive, lots of passing, lots of different strategy, all things that you mentioned. Um, so it was exciting. And um, I think, too, this track is more meant for stock cars. There's not a lot of um, like at Indy, that turn one is really hard for those cars to make, especially when they're beaten, bang, and we've seen that. Um, this one, though, even going into turn one, which is a 90-degree turn, there's plenty of runoff room for them to, you know, race, bang, but still just not run each other over. Um, and then the action within the bus stop um, and then going around the carousel, there's, like, opportunities everywhere to make up time, to make passes. Um, along that, it's one of the best fan experiences from what I've heard. Apparently, they were sold out. Um, tough to see because it rained, um, so that probably hurt the crowd a little bit. But from what I've heard, it's one of one of, in one of the most beautiful areas of the country. Just a good fan experience, good racetrack, good racing, perfect weekend for NASCAR. One of the reasons I think this race was so popular too is we had all the international drivers coming in, and none bigger than 2007 F1 uh, champion Kimi Raikkonen, and we also had Rock Feller, who's a 24-hour Le Mans winner. And then Caveat, who's also drives for Formula Un. Um, Kimmy, uh, I, I thought he actually had a really good run. I, I thought it was impressive. You know, you didn't want him to come in there and embarrass everyone because the general consensus is, oh, Formula One is the best drivers in the world. It's like, well, no, I think they're just the best drivers in, that made it to Formula One. Uh, obviously, completely different style of racing. But you had a lot of new fans turning in, tuning into this one. I thought they saw a, a great race for it. But um if you had to grade Kimmy's debut, what would you grade it as? And I'll, I'll go first here. I, I think I thought he was running really well. He, he got he ran in the top 10 for a little bit. Now, mind you, that was because of pitch strategy and whatnot. But um, off the even the opening stage, he, he, he was moving up in the field a lot. He had some two bad pit stops. But the pit strategy they were going with, I think, was very similar to Austin Sindrick's. And Sindrick finished in top 15. Uh, the way Kimmy was running, they had a fast car, I think. It was reasonable if they finished the race would have been 13th. Now, obviously the differences between F1 and NASCAR, you know, you can be as fast as you want, but there's contact here. It's not like, Oh, it was my line. Oh, you can't make contact with the tires. You know, it's kind of a wake up call when you're going through the first restart and you're getting doored by guys. And I think he was a victim of Ross Chastain this week. Although I don't really blame that one as much on Chastain. It's more of his reputation, but you know, unfortunately he, he spun out. So I give him a C plus. I, I thought he ran really well. Be interesting to see him again. But uh, I think had he have not gotten wrecked, he would have finished top 15. Uh, it's hard to grade someone high when they finished second to last with only half the lap run. That um, is that's fair. He was running well, but in anything in life, you can't just do it halfway and expect a good grade. Um, if I did half of a class, I did really good the first half of the class, but I missed every assignment, every test past the halfway point. I'd still get enough. Um, I'm going to give him a C minus, um, just because he did show speed. Obviously it's his first cup action. The wreck wasn't really his fault. Um, I don't think he really could have avoided it. Maybe he could have kept it off the wall. It's hard to say. I don't think he could have though. Um, but yeah, it's tough to say cause he didn't run the second half of the race. It's easy to be good in stage one, but you know, the money's paid at the end of the race, not the beginning. This is true. Uh, it was cool, though, seeing him racing Chase Elliott 
beginning second stage, you had the 2020 NASCAR champ versus the 2007 Formula uh, World Champion. Uh, and, you know, I thought that was a neat little battle there, too. And he didn't really give him any space. He made him work for it, which I appreciate, obviously. Uh, he eventually did get past. Yeah. He uh, did race the guys uh, fair, hard but fair. Um, yeah. I remember he had – it was him, Elliot, and uh, Chris Christopher Busher. And um, he uh, he held his own. Um, I think he even held off Christopher Busher for a while too. Um, Elliot got past him, but right. Um, these track house cars, they didn't have a ton of speed, really. I think all three drivers didn't have that good of a finish. Well, Suarez was top five. He finished five, I think. Oh, uh, Ross Chastain finished outside yeah, of. He had a top. Um, yeah, yeah, I forget. Suarez did have a top five. Um, so I don't think they ever had race winning speed, but it was a cool, I mean, it was really good for NASCAR to branch out, get different guys. Um, even guys like, uh, the rock and feller, um, it's, you know, it's good for the sport, reach out, get some road course ringers. Hopefully they can get road course ringers and good equipment like they did with Kimmy. Um, the 77, really not so good. The team has a Berg, you know, they're yes. running two different manufacturers. They don't know what they're doing. Uh, yeah. They have Brutal. Um, so Kvyat really can't do anything in that thing. So we saw him at Indy, and he missed turn one, so he had gone to the oval, and the car just stalled out, and he was stuck there because they couldn't come get him. It was the middle of the race. So he was just sitting in his car for like I think it was like went out. He was just like yeah. stuck there, and they're like, yeah, we'll, we'll like leave him. So they just had this Russian stuck on the track, which I thought uh was funny you know it, it's interesting i think this was really good especially you get the formula one fan base in, in there although uh you know the way nascar is going we'll bold, bold, bold take here one i think great for the sport in, in general you're getting these guys in here uh formula one you really can't do anything like that like they don't they're not gonna have a project 91 total isn't uh you know, adding a separate car is just too hard. So, like, none of these other drivers can break in there. But I think this is only going to help NASCAR. And I think you get three to five years. Formula One, I, I, they need to something, try something like this. I think it'd be cool. But they won't. Because it's not, Formula One, they really only do full season entries. Yeah, which, so it, it, it definitely won't, it won't happen. But I think this is good for NASCAR. Who would you have? I don't think Kimmy, this is his personality and what it took for uh, Marks to get him out of uh, retirement for it. It was a lot of convincing because initially they wanted him to run every road course. He was going to run Road America was going to be his first one. And he's like, no, 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 I'm only doing one because he was pretty committed yeah. to his retirement. Um, and, you know, he's a pretty reserved personality. I mean, you've seen his interviews when he was doing Formula One. It's a whole lot of one word answers. So surprisingly, I thought he was actually pretty engaging this week. But um, I don't think he's coming back, even though he said he had fun. I think that was just kind of, you know, he had his time. He's not doing it. Who do you think next uh, Project 91 driver? Who would you like to see? The 91. I like to see who, who do I realistically could see. Who do you want to see first and who do you realistically see second? I would love to see Lewis Hamilton. Oh yeah. But I want to see I want to see one of these guys do an oval. So I don't want I like the road course. Yeah, it's kind of like a medium between cuz yes, it's on a road course, but it's in a stock car so it's kind of meeting in the middle. I want to see one of these guys do an oval. Maybe not a Talladega or Daytona because they'll wreck the entire field. Say, but yeah, watching them do, let's say, the Coke 600, probably too big of a race to start off in. But maybe like a Kansas, you know, a mile and a half. Or they could even do Martinsville and get beaten, flung around, and 
That'd be pretty happen. exciting. I don't think I don't think anyone will ever do Nap, that. Nap and I think could. He's kind of uh, like Ross Chastain of F1. He's the only one that'll go hard into a corner and make contact with guys. I think he could. I think he could. And Kimmy did when he was on his sabbatical from F1. He did do over with the trucks and Xfinity series. He did pretty well in the trucks. Finished on the lead lap. I think he finished like fifteenth. Um, Xfinity. I think he hit the wall a few times, went a couple laps down, but I think he ran most of the laps. But I think it would be pretty cool. Realistically, though, I'd love to see maybe an IndyCar guy like uh, maybe a Scott Dixon or Joseph Newgarden try it out. I think that would be cool. Um, or like a Helio Castro Neves, too. Helio Castro Neves in the Daytona 500. I would love to see that. I think it was Marcus Erickson on Twitter. There's a couple IndyCar guys on Twitter that they were asking, like, oh, who's going to be the next Project 91? And they're like, sign me up. Like, I, I want to try it. So yeah. I think that would be pretty cool. Helio Castro Neves is four-time IndyCar champion um, or Indy 500 champion. Um, seeing him at Daytona would be pretty cool. That is the nice thing about these next-gen cars is I think it now makes it a lot easier because it's more like a lot of these, like, sports cars that a lot of these guys, especially in Europe, have driven before. So it makes the transition a lot um, easier. Um, all right, let's go to this. Kyle Busch doesn't have a ride next year. Uh, he was asked about it, and he said, look, not a lot of people are probably going to feel bad for me because, um, you know, he's got certain needs he has right now. He wants to watch his son race, and he has a private jet and all that. And I'll be honest, I don't really feel all that bad for him. Uh, I think he's going to – you listen, does he deserve to get paid? Yeah, he's one of the best. He's great for the sport. He's one of the best, arguably the best drivers of all in NASCAR history. You ask him, he has the most wins in NASCAR history, if we're including his truck race. But, you know, I don't think that math adds up. Well, but either way. one Xfinity race wins. Too. <laughs> yeah, so, um, I mean, obviously he's a talent. And, you know, you need good drivers to build your organization around. But if I'm Joe Gibbs, you got Ty running really well, who's going to be fraction of the cost. You see the way Kyle's racing this year. He's got one win, and it's one that he – quite frankly, backdoored his way into. He really shouldn't have won that race. Two guys wrecked in front of him, and he's able to backdoor his way into him. If you, if you take that race away, he would not be in the playoffs right now. Um, so, you know, I think it's hard to justify paying him all that, especially when you can't find a sponsor for him. And it's going to be tough, you know, the last couple of years. He doesn't have the the, the, the best personality. And the R said the R word in an interview, and, you know, he's had his issues. So, do you would you first off would you pay your your Joe Gibbs right now? You giving your grandson the ride, or are you coughing up the money for Kyle because he is the one of the best talents in the sport. You're gonna win races. Um, as far as from what I've heard in the last few days, apparently the chances that Kyle Busch returns to Joe Gibbs Racing is closer to zero than it is to even fifty percent. Um, apparently they're not even on speaking terms. Um. And just the sponsorship, they had, you know, Oracle lined up from reports. That's what they're saying. They had Oracle lined up, Oracle backed out. Um, it's almost like they're kind of, it seems like that the JGR side's kind of just given up on it. They're content with um, him moving on. I know the initial plan was to have Ty run one more series, one more season of uh, the Xfinity series. Um, but the way that he's run, you know, it's hard to justify him keeping in the lower series. Um, especially he does bring monster energy to the table. Um, he is an up and coming star, um, very clean cut. He's already, you know, got the interviews down. 
um, maybe a church could sponsor him or um, something like that. But he is a very, he can bring sponsors in. He's young. Like you said, he's cheap. Um, so it's kind of hard to, you know, want Kyle to come in. The one reason why you would keep Kyle in is because of his trucks team. Yeah. Uh, Cause he does have a pretty good trucks program. Um, but Toyota already has, I think two other flagship teams. Well, one other big one in Thor sport, which is a pretty good Toyota team. Um, and so it'd be tough to see KBM leave, but they could open up another Xfinity team and be perfectly fine, right? They could reopen the 20 team back up. Yeah. So I think they're kind of coming to terms saying, you know, we would rather lose, you know, three or four trucks um, and we can open, because quite frankly, the Toyota pipeline is so big and they only have the six spots. Um, and Hamlin's locked in for a pretty long time. Uh, Bub- Bubba Wallace's and then Tyler Reddick coming in. So there's, you know, there's no reason for eight guys in the waiting for a few spots. So I think they've come to terms with it. Um, and so I think they're done. Um, and quite frankly, I, this could have been written on the wall for a while now, um, especially with no sponsor. Yeah, it's too bad because when you picture Kyle Busch, no matter even if you hate him, one, like I said, the sport needs more Kyle Bushes just because you need the Yankees to root against, but it's going to be hard to see him not in the 18 car because you kind of just picture like Kyle Bush and the 18 are kind of synonymous together. But I agree with you. I think you've heard him on the radio multiple times this year complaining that we are the slowest JGR car right now. And so, you know, I, I think it's kind of beyond repair at this point. There was the one like icy exchange they had where Joe Gibbs went up to congratulate him. He just stared straight ahead, like ignored him. Uh, so, yeah, I think, like you said, out of speaking terms, I see him gone. I think there's two teams that, uh, you know, that, that would be in the running if I had to pick between the two, although there's cons to both. I think number one would be 2311 because you got the year where they're probably going to have a seat open, especially with Kurt's health problems. You don't know if that seat's going to be open or not next year. Maybe they try and add a third charger, but he stays in the Toyota. Uh, he's going to get competitive equipment, which I know is important to him. He, he says winning is the most important thing to him right now. And like you said, he's got that uh, trucks team. So he stays in the Toyota racing family. That'd be one. Drawback would be you got Tyler Reddick coming in. It would have to be a one-year deal. I don't know if he's going to take a short-term deal. Um, and I don't know. It, it all depends what Kurt's going to do, too, if they even have a seat open. The other one that I could see working, maybe, but also, you know, equipment-wise might be a problem, is calling. I think you saw the owner of calling coming up to him, and they were having a conversation. They seemed to get really friendly. They got a seat open. I think they would spend a bunch of money for him. I think Gibbs, or not Gibbs, uh, Bush would be kind of running the show there. He'd be able to call a lot of his own shots, kind of like what he is now. Now, the equipment wouldn't be as good. And he says winning's important to him. I know he wants to be top the all-time wins list for NASCAR, so kind of an uphill climb. But he's still in his prime. He's got a lot of a lot of time to go, so I think that one can make sense, too. Although, otherwise, like I really don't see many other teams. You know, maybe Stuart Haas, but I still don't think that all that front runners. That avenue was open, but I think I just honestly I don't know why SHR they had Kyle Larson in their hands. Ford told them that they weren't allowed to do it, so they lost Kyle Larson. Um, and they seem to be sticking with Cole Custer. I understand that his dad's the president of Haas Automation, but 
Kyle Busch or Cole Custer. I I don't care who your dad is. I'm taking KB all day. Yeah. Um, but like you said, Colic too, and Colic has expressed interest in maybe starting a trucks team. There you go. Um, besides, and with GMS possibly leaving the truck series and focusing on their cup efforts more, um, Chevy won't have that um, flagship team for trucks um, where KBM could move right into it. Um, and so this kind of, it's looking more and more like Colleg every day. Like you said, the equipment's not as good. Um, but I think if you get a guy like Kyle Bush, he brings in a lot more experience and um, resources too. I think a lot of guys would look at Colleg and be like, hey, you know, they made this move from being a, to become a big Xfinity team to now a budding cup team. You had a guy like KB, you had a lot of, um, you know, a lot of reputation um, and a lot of recognition to that team. And that could be the push that pushes um, them over the top to start winning some races. Um, and they do have some speed at road course. It's yeah. not like they're running 30th or 35th. Yeah, you know, they run more mid-pack. Every road course they run. Uh, you know, the ovals, they have some problems. But you bring in a guy, like, Oldmendinger gets the most out of his equipment where they're consistently finishing top 10, top 5 every road course. Yeah, yeah Kyle Busch, one of those cars for an oval with all that he brings to the table. I think he gets the most out of that car, and you see how talented yeah. he is. Now, are they going to be championship contenders right away? No. But you're adding some extra resources, like you said. I think he could easily be competitive mm -hmm. for a couple and, years and it's not like justin haley's running 35th every week they're running more mid-pack but you know it's, justin haley is young not that much experience um still kind of figuring out being a new team and all um and so i think it's less of a project than people think it's not going to be a top team like penske um or you know hendrick or joe gibbs but, you know, they could potentially be a very good team, like um, thinking like a track house or um, kind of maybe not as good as that at start, but maybe like a Richard Childress where, you, you know, you can sneak in a win or two and run very well for a lot of the year, for a lot of the season. Yeah, and I think track house, one of the reasons they were so successful is they took over an existing team. Mm -hmm. and they kind of changed the culture out there, which I think really helped them. Where you got 2311, they kind of had to, start from the ground up. So you get a guy like Kyle Busch in there, an existing team, and, you know, you make a couple changes, get the right personnel in there, I think almost like it'd be competitive. That would be my favorite. If I had to place a bet, I think calling makes the most sense. I have 23-11 second, but there's too many. I, I don't see 23. I don't see how he goes to, like, their junior team. Um, And, like, why would you want to, like, get, like, kind of demoted as, like, a veteran like that that's kind of just a weird – dynamic for me that i just don't see happening um let's go to the final race of the season i think it's one of the most anticipated i mean it's, it's, I, I think it's going to be more exciting than the 500 this year we're just all on the line one playoff spot remaining we got uh, 15 winners one spot open right now blaney 26 points i think to the good uh true x behind him so he's been very good at daytona he probably should have won first year since his teammate didn't block him so you know larson wants to complain I means blaney had a daytona 500 rob problem because hard racing but that neither here nor there so i think he's got a chance but you got a lot of other guys with a chance brad's been good at these road or these uh super speedways bush has been good at daytona he was good at daytona um I mean, bubba wallace there's a lot of guys 
that can be up there. Austin Dillon. I mean, so it's kind of a wild card race, but who do you got winning? Um, and do you think Blaney, I guess, keeps his playoff spot, or do we get a new winner? Um, it, it's so tough to say because you can't – you never know because one of these guys could get, you know, in the one of the wrecks in, like, the middle of the race. You just don't know. Um, like you said, Brad looked good. He won the Daytona duel and up front for much of the 500. Um, but since then at, at Talladega and both Atlanta races wasn't, you know, too, wasn't too impressive. Um, Eric Jones, he has, he's a good super speedway. Eric Almarola has won at Daytona in the past. Even Ricky Stenhouse could win. Or Corey LaJoy could win. He ran really well at Atlanta. Yeah. So you never know. Um, it's hard to predict. It's almost Chase impossible. Him, by the way, he's going to complain about that. You know, he throws yeah. a block and everyone's like, oh, you know, it's clean racing. Larson right. runs the track a little bit. That pissed me off so much. Anyway, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, it could be any one of those guys. Or, it, you know, it could be Chase Elliott that wins. It could be, yeah. you know, Joey Logano could win. I mean, you never know. Um, I think a big advantage is having the blue oval on your car, though. The blue ovals ran very well at the 500 this year. Um, since then, Chevy has kind of closed the gap on the super speedways, um, especially Atlanta. But I think having a blue oval on the hood of your car will be very advantageous. Um, because as we saw in Daytona, I mean, the guys who were running up front, Brad, Blaney, Sindrick, um, all guys, all guys in the Ford camp. So I think a Ford, Ford might have a bit of an advantage, but you know these things are crapshoots. Michael McDowell could even win, yep. um, too. So you never know. We just don't know. We don't. Uh, I'm going my two. I want Ryan Blaney to get it just because he deserves it. I think he ran well all season. <laughs> Uh, which one of the reasons I like the new playoff system, I think it's made it a lot more exciting. Now we have some intrigue heading into the final race because of it more than we would, I think, under the regular point system. But I'm actually going, if I had to pick someone, it is a wild card, I'm going Bubba Wallace, my pick to win. Uh, I think listening to him talk, he's, he's got a lot of confidence. And when he's racing with confidence, that's like the game changer for him. He came into Michigan with confidence, and he ran really well, finished second there. So I think it's going to be the same thing. We know how good he is at these super speedways, too. Um, I was worried a little bit that Kevin Harvick kind of crushed his confidence, but listen to him talk. I mean, I think he knows his yeah. shot. Is it supposed to rain on Saturday? If it is, I'll pick Bubba too. I am not sure. <laughs> yeah, they tell me. Um, <laughs> I I don't think so, but you never know. It is it is a wild card. You got to pick one. Who who are you betting on? I got to go for my boy Brad Keselowski. Um, I know they haven't had a lot of speed. Honestly, I don't think they're putting – they're not points racing at this point. I don't think they're putting a lot of resources into the six car because um, the 17s outrun them. And I don't think, like, Chris Buescher is even close to being, like, so much more talented to where he's running better. Right. Um, Brad did win a duel. He knows how to get it done at these super speedways. He's been in these position, these winner-you're-out um, positions before. He's able to get it done. He's a veteran. He's a Cup Series champion, um, and I'm a fan of his, so I'm a little bit biased. He so ran well in Atlanta, too, before his pit crew kind of screwed him over, like, once again, yeah. he fell back in the pack and got caught up in a wreck. But 
I think that's what I, I believe. Yeah, that. he got caught up in the Benny Hamlin rap. Yeah. Um, and then because he was running like he was running like third in stage two. Um, but yeah, he 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 can get it done. Um, my second guy I'm gonna pick is Eric Almarola. Okay. I don't know. I've been I'm liking the A train lately. Um, he's been in the news. Maybe he's gonna come back. Maybe not. He had a really good run at Richmond. Um, and he's got a blue oval on the front. Um, and he's won at Daytona before, so maybe he'll win too. I'm excited to see who gets chastained this week. Uh, he's had seven <laughs> incidents in the past seven races causing some sort of wreck. Although this week's, I think, was more just because of his reputation. That was a restart. You know, I don't think that was as egregious as some of the other ones. All right, finally, wrap it up here. Uh, we're debuting this segment called That's a Wrap. We're picking our favorite paint scheme from last week's. We'll have a Twitter poll. Uh, so check out the Dorm Room Dispute Twitter. We, we'll have a, a Penske Material Twitter soon up as well. But uh, you can vote between the two. Which one we like the best? All right, I'm going with the guy that got most a lot of the attention this week. I'm going Kimi Raikkonen, 91 car. I thought it was pretty clean for first-time car. I thought it was a pretty sharp-looking car. Uh, I, I I like the track house paint. You're just picking them because you know the fans. Well, that's – I know I, that. I think it was a sharp-looking car. Uh, sure you do. Yeah. My second oh. pick is going to be actually – and I, I, I mean, actually, this doesn't support my theory, I guess, with a fan – one. I really like the Kelly Blue Book car, the number nine from uh, okay. Chase Elliott. Yeah, that was going to be my second choice, but I'm going yeah, with the number Yeah, one. your first two choices are the most popular driver and a former F1 champion. Yes. Um. Yeah. I am going with Eric Almarola with his GoBowling.com Ford Mustang. It had bowling pins. It had bowling ball on it. Um, it's the Go Bowling at the Glen. I forget what number they use. Um, it's the Go Bowling at the Glen, and he had the GoBowling.com car. Uh, it was pretty clean. I don't know if you saw it. Um, it wasn't up. It wasn't up front that much. On TV, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't on TV that much. Um, but when I was looking through the paint schemes, it was either that or Ricky Stenhouse's Ballpark Hot Dogs uh, Chevrolet Camaro. Um, it had some hot dogs on it, kind of like the pinstripes for like the ballpark, I guess, labeling. Um, it was pretty cool. That is a sharp so, one. Yeah. And um, Corey LaJoy's uh, Reezer Energy was pretty cool. Um, we saw it a few times when he was getting lapped um, on Sunday. Yeah. So he got some team, maybe though, not for the like best I, reasons. but He was up front for a little bit running top 10 during that pit recycle too a bit. So you, wow. you, yeah. but, you know. And Jimmy Johnson also led laps at the Indy 500. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, yeah, that's. The only like uh, people that don't know, Patrick is a uh, varsity athlete in high school in bowling. So I think we've seen a little bit of he had a Letterman's jacket for bowling. He went to state, yeah. Yeah. so you see some bias coming out here. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. That's all we got for you this week. Oh, Pat, you're at the IndyCar race this week. We'll do an IndyCar minute really quick. Uh, you yeah. Wanna... Yep, I was at Gateway or Worldwide Technology Raceway. I actually got three tickets for my friend's mom who works from Worldwide Technology came in very last second um very good tickets provided by them so big thank you um race was good indycar oval racing is awesome i love it i wish they had more ovals kind of that one mile to one and a quarter miles like the perfect of like speed but like also handling too um it was a great racetrack experience carvana had a big thing i got a free jimmy johnson die cast um 
That's pretty cool. Which was pretty cool. And they also had simulators too, where you could drive the Indy car on like Gateway. It was like a simulator. And that was also fun. Um, lots of sponsor um, outreach. Um, overall, it was a great race. Obviously, the rain disrupted it, um, but it was a good finish. Any car, it's coming down. There's five people, five guys who can win it with two races left. It's going to be awesome. Um, IndyCar's had a great year, lots of great talent. Tune into it if you, even if you've never watched it, it's great. I love it. Add more ovals, though. That's my one thing for IndyCar. I was pissed. My guy Scott McLaughlin had to win. I was doing a rain dance, and then of course. IndyCar picked up and finished the race. So your guy, Joseph Garden, yep. ends up taking it, which is honestly better for him because he's in the championship race anyway. So, you know, it worked out well. Thank you so much for listening. Penske Materials brought to you by Dorm Room Dispute. Make sure to follow us at Dorm Room Dispute on Twitter for all of the latest Penske Material content, including episode releases, videos, and more. Also, you can follow us on YouTube. Watch the full episodes, see clips, and more. Dormer Dispute on YouTube, or just search Penske Material. Thank you so much for listening.